Enhanced Timeout, An Improved Communication Process by Patricia E. Nelson Abstract An enhanced timeout is an improved communication process initiated to prevent such surgical errors as wrong site, wrong procedure, or wrong patient surgery. The enhanced timeout at my facility mandates participation from all members of the surgical team and requires designated members to respond to specified timeout elements on the surgical safety checklist. The enhanced timeout incorporated at my facility expands upon the safety measures from the World Health Organization Surgical Safety Checklist and ensures that all personnel involved in a surgical intervention perform a final check of relevant information. Initiating the enhanced timeout at my facility was intended to improve communication and teamwork among surgical team members and provide a highly reliable safety process to prevent wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgery. Creating an enhanced timeout is one strategy to improve communication among surgical team members and to help prevent wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgery. The Joint Commission classifies wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgeries as sentinel events that should be prevented to reduce risk to patients and to improve safety practices during invasive surgical procedures. Sentinel events are patient safety incidents that result in death, permanent harm, or severe temporary harm and intervention required to sustain life. Sentinel events require immediate investigation and response by healthcare organizations. A seminal study on sentinel events supported by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, AHRQ, estimated that wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgeries occur in approximately one of 112,994 surgical procedures in the OR, not including incidents in other procedural areas that may increase the prevalence of these mistakes. The summary data of sentinel events reviewed by the Joint Commission indicated that between 2004 and 2015, there were 1,215 reports of wrong site, wrong procedure, or wrong patient surgery, and these were the most frequently reported sentinel events. According to the AHRQ Patient Safety Network, wrong side surgery may be the most frequently reported type of wrong site surgery. The statistics from the AHRQ Patient Safety Network and the Joint Commission indicate the severity of the problem of wrong site, wrong procedure, or wrong patient surgery and the need for healthcare organizations to develop safety protocols to address this problem. Background To combat the incidence of wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgery, several regulatory bodies and organizations form their own protocols to ensure a safe patient care environment. The Joint Commission developed the Universal Protocol for Preventing Wrong Site, Wrong Procedure, and Wrong Person Surgery in 2004 to help hospitals improve their safety practices regarding preoperative verification of the patient, preoperative verification of the surgical site, surgical site marking, and a timeout before the surgical intervention. The Universal Protocol followed the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons' 1998 report which cited a 25% chance that orthopedic surgeons will operate on the wrong site at some point in their careers. This report eventually led to the Sign Your Site campaign that advised orthopedic surgeons to initial the surgical site before beginning the surgical intervention. In 2008, the World Health Organization formulated a surgical safety checklist to improve basic clinical processes and patient outcomes and to address the serious ramifications of surgical errors and their negative effects on the patients in the healthcare industry. The World Healthcare Organization updated the Surgical Safety Checklist in 2009, 
The checklist includes three components, the phase before induction, the phase before skin incision, and the phase before the patient leaves the OR. Although the surgical safety checklist is a useful reminder for perioperative staff members to adhere to safety protocols, it does not resolve every safety issue. It does help encourage interaction among team members and promote a culture of safety. A cross-sectional study by Haugen and others on surgical team members' perceptions of near-miss experiences and their attitudes toward timeout protocols concluded that routines to prevent wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgery varied significantly among medical professionals. Varied practices can affect surgical team members' communication and their adherence to safety protocols. A 2013 prospective-controlled intervention study measured the effects of the World Health Organization's surgical safety checklist on OR personnel's perceptions of safety culture. The results indicated that introducing the checklist had a minimal effect on patient safety culture. However, a review by Ragusa and others on the effectiveness of surgical safety checklists at improving patient safety found that protocols can improve patient safety, although checklists have not been proven to reduce wrong site surgery. According to the AHRQ Patient Safety Network, poor communication is a major contributing factor in wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgery. They concluded that additional factors, such as production pressure and rush timeouts, can also contribute to these errors. Distractions and interruptions during critical phases of a procedure can also contribute to errors in the OR. A study by Feuerbacher and others tested surgical residents during a simulated surgery by initiating four distractions and two interruptions during the procedure. The residents made major surgical errors in eight of 18 simulated procedures with distractions and interruptions, but only one major surgical error when there were no distractions or interruptions. To address the problem of distractions and interruptions, personnel in some ORs have initiated the no-interruption zone, a quiet time when the surgical team is required to stop all conversations and unnecessary activities. This quiet time can be initiated during critical phases of a procedure, such as the timeout. In 2009, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services began refusing to reimburse hospitals for any cost associated with a preventable event such as a wrong site, wrong procedure, or wrong patient surgery. This refusal to reimburse hospitals was a major impetus for healthcare institutions to address patient safety concerns regarding wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgery. Using a Surgical Safety Checklist My facility is part of a comprehensive academic healthcare system in the New York metropolitan area and is one of the largest healthcare providers in the United States. We use a two-tiered surgical safety checklist that moves with the patient from the preoperative area to the OR and is archived in the OR. One side addresses the preoperative preparation of the patient, and the other side addresses intraoperative safety processes. The perioperative portion of the checklist is divided into five sections that specified perioperative team members must complete in the preoperative area and confirm they have completed by checking the designated boxes. The preoperative admitting nurse completes the first section, which addresses verification of the patient's identity, allergies, availability of blood, nursing assessment, isolation precautions, and organ transplant status. The anesthesia care provider completes the second section, which includes pre-anesthesia evaluation, obstructive sleep apnea assessment, and airway assessment. The surgeon completes the third section, 
which includes confirmation that the following items are complete or have been verified. The patient's history and physical examination, the preoperative surgeon's plan of care, the patient's diagnosis, the surgical consent form, the transfusion consent, the surgical site marking with the attending surgeon's initials, prophylaxis of deep vein thrombosis, and the attending surgeon's availability. The RN circulator completes the fourth section, which confirms that implants, devices, and special equipment are available before the patient enters the OR. The preoperative nurse addresses the final section, verifying that each perioperative team member has met all preoperative requirements. After all the team members have met preoperative requirements, one of the team members escorts the patient to the OR. The perioperative team completes a pre-procedural verification in the OR, led by the RN circulator and anesthesia care provider, before induction of anesthesia. The pre-procedural section of the surgical safety checklist provides a guide to the elements the perioperative team must verify as completed, including patient identification, consents, site marking, risk of hypothermia, risk of blood loss, prevention of deep vein thrombosis, and fire safety. The patient is usually awake during the pre-procedural verification so he or she can participate, which is especially important during patient identification, procedural verification, and operative site verification. After the pre-procedural verification process is complete, the patient is administered anesthesia, prepared, and draped for the surgical intervention. The perioperative team then performs a timeout immediately before the surgeon makes an incision. The surgical safety checklist lists all of the timeout elements that all team members must address. Traditional timeout. The traditional timeout performed at my facility incorporated the necessary verification elements to ensure patient safety. However, surgical team members did not have defined roles in the process and therefore were not always completely engaged. During a traditional timeout, all of the safety elements on the timeout checklist were addressed with the OR team, which was usually performed after the patient was draped and before the incision was made. The members of the OR team, who were required to participate in the timeout, included the attending surgeon, resident surgeons, medical students, anesthesia care provider, scrub person, and the RN circulator. Either the RN circulator or the attending surgeon would initiate the traditional timeout, and the RN circulator would recite all of the elements on the timeout list to the OR team. These elements included, and still do include, verification of the following. The patient, name and medical record number confirmation. The correct procedure, site, side, and level, including required site marking. Patient positioning, implant and equipment availability, labeled and displayed images, patient allergies, antibiotics, name, time, and dose, safety precautions preparedness, for example, fire safety measures or prophylaxis of deep vein thrombosis, and a verbal agreement that all requirements have been met. During the traditional timeout, the behaviors and roles of each team member varied from OR to OR, and the OR leadership team observed that not everyone was attentive and engaged in the process. The RN circulator would proceed through the timeout, check that all requirements were met, and document that the timeout was complete, although sometimes documentation was not completed in real time. There was an absence of a comprehensive safety protocol as a result of poor communication or distraction among team members. Enhanced timeout. 
the perioperative steering committee at my facility vetted enhancements to the traditional timeout. The enhanced timeout includes new processes to improve team communication and patient safety. One of these new processes requires the attending surgeon performing the procedure to initiate the zone of silence before leading the timeout. The zone of silence is a quiet time when the surgical team is required to stop all conversations and unnecessary activities to ensure that there are no distractions or interruptions before the timeout begins. The enhanced timeout also involves active communication from all team members and a mandated response from the RN circulator, attending surgeon, and anesthesia care provider for all timeout elements. The surgeon is not allowed to make an incision or begin the surgical procedure until the team meets all of the enhanced timeout elements and resolves all questions or concerns. The RN circulator is required to document in the electronic medical record in real time the names of the participants involved in the timeout and that the team has addressed all of the timeout elements. Perioperative leaders at my facility encourage staff members to hold each other accountable for adherence to the new enhanced timeout by speaking up if there is a break in the safety process. Pre-implementation of the enhanced timeout In August 2013, before initiating the enhanced timeout, the Vice President and Medical Director of Perioperative Services, the Perioperative Patient Safety Specialist, and the Manager of Quality and Safety at my facility, sent a letter of memorandum to the Department of General Surgery staff members informing them of the new enhanced timeout. This letter stated that based on national statistics, there is an alarming probability that the healthcare organization could experience one incident of wrong site, wrong procedure, or wrong patient surgery every 17 months, based on the estimate that this could occur during one in every 112,994 surgeries. The memorandum emphasized the hospital leader's commitment to eliminating any risk of wrong site, wrong procedure, or wrong patient surgery, and that this was the motivation for implementing the new enhanced timeout. The letter also explained the enhanced timeout process, including how and when it would be implemented. After the letter was distributed, the perioperative leadership personnel, perioperative safety specialists, nursing education department, and the quality and safety champions facilitated formal education for the surgical and nursing staff members on the new enhanced timeout. Education the perioperative medical director was instrumental in educating the surgical team, that is, surgeons and surgical residents, about the new enhanced timeout, which he completed during a series of grand rounds. The surgical team had the opportunity to ask the perioperative medical director pertinent questions about the new timeout process during these educational sessions. The perioperative medical director was also instrumental in educating the senior executives and chiefs of the various surgical and anesthesia departments so that they could act as resources for other physicians. To provide a multidisciplinary approach to the new enhanced timeout, the perioperative medical director held an educational session in a patient safety meeting that included different disciplines across the hospital campus, such as pharmacy and laboratory. Also, the quality and safety champions and other perioperative leadership personnel played integral roles in educating all perioperative staff members. The perioperative patient safety specialist and clinical nurse specialist educated the perioperative staff members, including perioperative nurses and surgical technologists, at the weekly staff meetings. During these meetings, the perioperative team was briefed on the enhanced timeout and given opportunity to ask questions. The perioperative nurse educator provided education to new nurses and surgical technologists during onboarding to make sure they were aware of the enhanced timeout process. 
Educating new staff members ensured that they would be able to participate effectively in the new enhanced timeout. The perioperative leadership team, that is, the medical director and director of nursing, offered individual educational sessions to perioperative staff members as needed. Perioperative leaders encouraged feedback and questions from perioperative staff members to counteract staff resistance and promote buy-in for the new enhanced timeout. Implementation A robust implementation of the enhanced timeout occurred throughout the perioperative services in August 2013. Perioperative leaders supported and observed the perioperative staff members during implementation for compliance with the new enhanced timeout. The perioperative clinical nurse specialist and the quality and safety champions also monitored for compliance using a standard direct observation monitoring tool to record the behaviors and compliance of the staff members. These auditors were required to observe at least 35 timeouts per quarter. The observation monitoring tool assessed who initiated the timeout, if the zone of silence was observed, who participated in the timeout, whether the team communicated actively and repeated all of the steps, if the timeout was performed immediately before the procedure, and if the team addressed all of the timeout elements. The leadership team set a target compliance rate of 90%. The clinical nurse specialist and perioperative safety nurse distributed a daily report to the perioperative leadership team regarding staff member compliance and supplemented the reports with continued staff member education, feedback, and counseling. Roles and Responsibilities During the enhanced timeout, each perioperative staff member has a mandated role and responsibility involving active communication. The attending surgeon is required to be present in the OR and to initiate the timeout in the zone of silence. The other members of the perioperative team, such as perioperative nurses, anesthesia care providers, and surgical technologists, are required to stop everything they are doing and adhere to the zone of silence. Each designated member has to state, repeat, or confirm each element of the timeout. To facilitate active participation from the team members who are in the sterile role, a sterile copy of the timeout is available in our surgical packs. Responsibilities required of all perioperative team members include adhering to the zone of silence, verifying patient identity, procedure, site, and side as listed on the consent, viewing and confirming that the site marking is still visible after preparing and draping the patient, viewing and confirming that the patient is in the correct position, and ensuring that the surgical blade is not given to the surgeon until everyone agrees that all timeout elements have been addressed. Compliance The rates of staff compliance with the enhanced timeout indicate that the implementation of this new process has been successful. Perioperative staff member compliance with completing all the required elements of the new enhanced timeout process was above the established 90% benchmark rate for all facilities in the healthcare system in the fourth quarter of 2013. Compliance with the enhanced timeout has remained high, Overall compliance in the fourth quarter of 2016 was also above the 90% benchmark rate. According to the perioperative patient safety specialist, there have been no incidents of wrong site, wrong procedure, or wrong patient surgery in the OR recorded to date in the hospital medical event reporting system. Ongoing monitoring and education. There are still challenges to achieving and maintaining compliance with the enhanced timeout, including staff resistance, emergent procedures, and training medical staff members who missed enhanced timeout education. These challenges can affect adherence to the zone of silence and active communication during the timeout. Frequent monitoring and education is required to combat these challenges. 
the clinical specialist continues to audit perioperative staff members for at least 30 to 35 timeouts per quarter to ensure that perioperative staff members do not revert to behaviors that were standard during our former traditional timeout. Personnel at the hospital's learning center and perioperative educators developed an educational module on the enhanced timeout to provide a consistent educational resource for all perioperative staff members. All perioperative staff members were required to complete this module, and the training has been reinforced with a yearly education session for the nursing staff members. The perioperative patient safety specialist provides training for all incoming surgical residents and fellows regarding the enhanced timeout. There are still frequent huddles between perioperative charge nurses and managers, in addition to educational sessions, to discuss the importance of addressing all elements of the enhanced timeout process. Also, perioperative leaders encourage their team members to speak up if they witness a breach in the safety protocol during the enhanced timeout. Conclusion Adhering to safety protocols is important to preventing wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong patient surgery. Personnel at my facility conceptualized and implemented an enhanced timeout to improve communication and interaction among staff members during surgical interventions, which improved patient outcomes and promoted a culture of safety. Promoting this culture of safety required strong leadership, teamwork, and a willingness to change behaviors. Perioperative leaders ensured that the new process removed distractions and hierarchical barriers that hindered effective communication during the timeout. Although additional improvements can be made, the enhanced timeout may be an innovative way to prevent communication errors, change behaviors, and improve safety practices during surgical interventions.